This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Monday afternoon, and you know what that means. Actually, you probably don't know what that means, but it's time for a brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast, the Double or Nothing Review. Of course, it's Memorial Day. We want to start off by thanking all the soldiers who are currently serving our country and the ones who have made the ultimate sacrifice in having served for our country and put their bravery and lives on the line every day for us to be able to have the chance to even do a podcast like this. So we so we thank all current and current active and former members of the military for their service. Paul, what a pay-per-view we watched last night in Double or Nothing. It was absolutely amazing from start to finish. Um, few minor hiccups in my opinion, but overall it was a fantastic pay-per-view. I missed capacity crowds so much. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to take them for granted again. Yes, a lot of crowd noise, and it was nice. From oh, sure the buy-in all the way to the end, it was just nonstop. Yep, the crowd of dailies were hot. They were hot all night, like you said, from the Rio Serena D match all the way to the stadium stampede between the inner circle and the pinnacle. It was a hot, hot crowd. But before we get into breaking down all the matches, the recap, and all the action that happened last night, this pains me to do this, but um, you were the big winner of the double or nothing predictions, so... The uh, KOP predictions title that I've held since Revolution. It's got to go to a new home. And I thank you for that, sir. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey I, I feel that I deserved it. Um, it no, was you were you were the smart one with your whole... picks. You went safe, and it worked out. I went with two gambles, and it backfired. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. It was close through the whole show. I was I was lucky to win this. I gotta admit that. Yeah, it was the Scorpio Sky Ethan Page pick and the Anthony Gogo pick backfired on me, but I felt like I had to take a chance and I and I really thought at double or nothing, I thought there might be a surprise upset somewhere. It just didn't happen. No, no. I uh I was fully ready not to be wearing this thing today. Um I figured I went safe on things, and I knew there had to be an upset somewhere, but luckily there was no upset. No upset, and uh, yeah, it was pretty predictable. That was, I guess, one bad take I had of the of the pay-per-view. One, one thing that was kind of upsetting to me a little bit was it was pretty predictable, but besides that, I thought all the matches were pretty good for the most part. And like you said, the crowd just added so much 
to the pay-per-view. I couldn't remember going into a pay-per-view the last time I was as pumped for a pay-per-view. It was probably Revolution 2020, pre-pandemic, was probably the last time going into a pay-per-view I was as excited for one. Yeah, that was uh, the last fan capacity pay-per-view. Mm. Yep. So. Yep, and I'm already looking forward to All Out, which is they oh, announced yeah. is in Chicago Saturday, September, or uh, Sunday, September 5th. And then Full Gear is going to be uh, back to the Saturday time slot. And that's in November 6th, I want to say, in St. Louis. So two yeah. Midwest pay-per-views to end the pay-per-view calendar for AEW this year. Yeah, a little bit uh, different, but I think they're just trying to get to some of the places they were hoping to go that they couldn't get to before the pandemic hit. Yes, I think you're right. And one thing I do want to note before we get into this is I saw, I didn't see the exact number of the ratings from Friday night, but it sounded like it was the lowest in Dynamite history. At 10 o'clock on a Friday night. That makes me uh, ask the question, though, Paul, should they rethink their time slot for Rampage? Mm, Maybe. It is only a one-hour show. But right. I don't think they got a lot of that crossover they were hoping for, maybe from the SmackDown audience over. Um, it um, was a three-day holiday weekend, so it, it is hard to analyze. But uh makes me wonder, maybe maybe 10 o'clock Friday night's not the best uh, time slot for Rampage, but I guess they could always try it out. And if it's not working, they could switch it. Yeah, and I think it'll help. Um, this coming Friday is more of a normal Friday. Yeah. So I think uh, we'll see what those numbers will really look like. Yeah, we're going to see throughout June because I think there's going to be a uh, – I don't think this will be the last week that we see this happen because of the NBA right. playoffs, but I could be wrong. So, yep, interesting little note there. But let's yes. get right into Double or Nothing, the pre-show. We saw the uh, NWA Women's Championship on the line as Serena D was defending it against Riho. Riho came out first, and what a pop she got from the crowd. Oh, absolutely. I think they were absolutely ecstatic to have Riho back. Every time uh, she's been there, the fans have just popped for her. And this was a heck of a pre-show match. I mean, this was right up there with anything and everything on the card. I mean, it was back and forth, a lot of close finishers, a lot of uh, close two counts. Um, Serena Deem ended up retaining the title, which we both had picked. I think I had six points on it. You had five, if I'm not mistaken, without looking at the graphic. Yep, you Um, were off to an early lead. She actually got uh, Rio to tap out to the Serenity Lock at the end. So yes. it was a very good match. Uh, the crowd was on fire for it. So great way to open up the pay-per-view. And, I mean, Serena Deeb and Rio is very talented too, but Serena Deeb is one of those talents that I feel like you can put her in the rain against anybody and you're going to get a good match as a result. Absolutely. She is so, uh, very, very fun to watch. I got to think Thunder Rosa's got to find her way to get that NWA title eventually, though, or some other lady from their their yeah. promotion over there. Do you think it'll uh, Serena will drop it on NWA, or do you think she'll drop it in AEW? She should drop it on NWA on power, but uh, nothing would shock me at this point. Then we got the start of the show after we saw Taz and JR come out to join commentary. Both got good pops from the crowd. Taz got an ECW champ from the crowd, of course. I uh, wouldn't expect anything less. We got Brian Cage versus Hangman Adam K- Adam Page. <laughs> Too many cages and pages uh, to kick off the pay-per-view. Um, Brian Cage came out looking like the machine, Brian Cage, with kind of a yeah. cyborg-looking get-up. Uh, how would you feel about that attire? 
Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it yeah. was interesting to really incorporate the fact that he is the machine, Brian Cage. So mm-hmm. the fact that they did something like that was very interesting to see. Um, I don't, I don't really fully get all the hate for it, but you know, that's just me. A lot of hate I saw online. They thought it just looked cheaply made. Yeah. But, um, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was fine. Fits in with his nickname gimmick there. And yep, thought it was kind of cool. You know, the first pay-per-view match of the card, um, in front of a full capacity to come kind of come out like that and, uh, have a different attire and, and everything. I, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Did you like this match to uh, start the pay-per-view? I thought it was a great match to start the pay-per-view. Um, I mean, everybody's like, oh, Hangman always opens the show. Hangman sets the pace for the rest of the show. Right. He comes out. He's in a great match every single time he opens the show. And it just it just flows the rest of the show. He's just a little over with the crowd, Paul. My yeah, just, goodness. Just a little bit. I mean, that was a deafening pop. I mean, I tweeted last night when that guy, because it's going to happen eventually, when he wins the big one, when he wins the match for the world title, whatever arena they're in, that roof's going to come off that place. Yes, it is. And uh, I feel bad for anybody trying to sleep nearby when it happens. (laughs) (laughs) But this was a fun match. I thought both guys looked good in the match. Uh, A few spots I really liked. I liked, uh, we saw Brian Cage hit. Adam Hangman Page early in the match with an F5 or his version of the F5. I don't know the proper name for it off the top of my head. Then later on in the match, we saw him go for the buckshot lariat on the page, but he didn't get it. And then Page went for the F5 on Brian Cage. I like when opponent or when guys use their opponent's finishers or try to. Right. That's just something I like when they incorporate that into matches. Yeah, it gives it that little bit of an extra personal feeling like you know i know your moves so well i can do it myself mm-hmm. page actually did hit the f5 bows for a two count yes um and towards the end of the match we saw uh, ricky starks come out and hook come out they ran out to the ring uh, hook was distracting Heyman in, in the ref and ricky starks launched the title to cage so he can use it but cage didn't want it so he threw it back at him he already said he didn't want the help uh cage turned around and uh threw page to the apron cage then was barking at hook he turns around and ate the buckshot lariat and that was all she wrote as he was looking up at the lights yes it was uh i'm glad i picked hangman for this one but there were points i thought man maybe i should have gone with cage i I liked how it ended up i mean i didn't want him to give hangman another loss but also i wanted cage to look strong and i thought it did just that and then the um post-match action we saw uh, of course, Hangman enjoying a beer in the ring by um, by the crowd as he heads it to the back. And then Starks and Hook were arguing with Cage. And Brian Cage kind of shoved them out of the way and left the ring on his own. So they're, they're, they're teasing at that babyface heel turn to split away from Team Taz again for Brian Cage. And I'm all for that. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I've been all for it since day one. And I can't wait to see it actually happen. I'm still thinking the uh, Ricky Starks injury might have delayed everything a little bit or switched the plans. Yeah, just a little bit, but we'll get there eventually. Yep. Then um, we got the World Tag Team Championship match next. The uh, Young Bucks reta- with Don Callis um, defending it against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. 
Of course, John and Eddie come out first. They come out the wild thing, and boy, did the crowd love that. Absolutely. I mean, it was a loud pop. The crowd was all for it. Eddie and Mox were all for the crowd. It was just great. Mox was throwing things. He was throwing chairs. He was throwing shoes. Eddie was just, you could tell Eddie was just fired up because he'd never wrestled in front of a capacity AEW crowd before. Right. Absolutely. Um, So Eddie was all for it. He was excited to see the fans rooting for him. Um, I I think he might have fanboyed a little bit. Sure. Then the Unbucks came out and they got a big old boo, a booing ovation from the crowd. And uh, they deserve it. Oh, yeah. They are definitely, there's no question about whether the fact they're face or heel now. They are the annoying heels. I mean, yes. they're not just heels. They're the annoying. We want to see you get punched in the face type of heel. So they're making their poses and their entrance with the streamers blasting the ring. And Moxley and Kingston just jump them right when the streamers go off. I love that. Moxley was uh, jamming some of them in uh, Matt's mouth and choking him with them. I thought that was awesome. Um, Nick finally helped his brother out, but Kingston hit a suicide dive, taking both out. Um but, a lot of back and forth, a lot of close pinfalls in this match. We saw Brandon Cutler get beat up <laughs> uh, by Moxley. Moxley choked him out. Um, a lot of finishers. But in the end, we did see the Young Bucks retain the titles, which both you and I called uh, throughout the match. They were working the knee of Eddie Kingston. That came into play um, towards the end of the match. And then uh, Moxley, after kicking out, from a pair of super kicks, kicking out at one, took a few more super kicks and then took three BT triggers. And yeah. that's all she wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised they hadn't Mox take the pin. I thought it was going to be uh, Eddie yeah. Kingston eating the pin on this one. But uh, we did see interference, of course, from Doc Gallows. Um, and, and Moxley got split open from um, the cold spray can during the match as well. Yep, which led to the tweets of, of course, we can't have a Mox match without him bleeding. <laughs> well, I, I saw no problem with it. Neither so, did I. It worked well. We have a comment here on Facebook uh, from Brandon Butcher. Nice to see them put. Nice to see them put Sting over the younger talent, and we we will get into that. It hurt. That hurt my predictions. I thought they would have Sting eat the pen, and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page would get the upset, but uh, we will definitely have. Or comments on that match once we reach it down the card here for sure. So, not saying I agree or disagree, just <laughs> yeah. uh, any other thoughts on this match, Paul? No, match? I thought it was a great tag team match from start to finish. Really showed the rivalry between oh. the four guys, and I don't think it's over yet. Yeah, it's tough telling. Um, I don't know. It just it just depends if Mox going to take some time off or not coming well, up. I mean, I gotta- think. We, we we talked about this on Friday's uh, pre-show for Double or Nothing on our on our podcast, but I think this whole Moxley Kingston thing against the Unbucks it was inaudible. I think uh, Mox yep. at least was supposed to be written off TV after the uh, what was supposed to be the explosion to end uh, Revolution, which turned into Sparklers. So I think this was all uh, a little bit audible, but it could be wrong. No, I I agree. I think it is an audible, and I think. Something big will happen again that causes us to write mocks off TV. Yeah. Then we get the Casino Battle Royale. It was uh, noted that commentary said Blades out. And um, and uh, Sir Pentico was going to replace um, 
him. And then uh, QT Marshall was also out with a wrist injury. So Aaron Solo of the factory was going to replace him. We saw Paul White come out to join uh, commentary. Did you think when you saw his suit and tie, did you think he was going to be the Joker? No. I kind of did. <laughs> no. No. Um, I don't think it's his time yet. He'll He'll get in the ring, but it'll be something a little bigger, I think. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw uh, first in green. We saw Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dustin Rhodes, and Max Caster. Uh, what did you think of Caster's uh, little rap? It was uh, interesting as usual. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Man, he's, he's, he's good at those. They always make me pop. He ripped everybody except Hobbs. Did you notice that? No yes. dish to Hobbs. I, I think because he's afraid of Hobbs. Uh, who wouldn't be? Look at the guy. But can you imagine a rap battle between him and Cena? I, I still think Cena would own him. But <laughs> Cena was uh, Cena also didn't have to worry about the uh, um, family protocols as much back in the day as right. you do now, I guess. Yeah. So um, all these guys were getting some good action in. We did see uh, Seidel end up getting tossed out of the ring. And also... Uh, Max Caster got thrown out by Christian before the next suit was revealed. In that suit, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Tin, Nick Comorado, and Serpentigo all entered the match. Uh, we saw Serpentigo get thrown out basically Instantly. at the same time he entered the ring. Yeah. Um, we saw Tin and Comorado going at it, and then Comorado hit a big spear on Tin. Uh, Dustin ended up sending both Tin and Comorado out of the ring. Comorado jumped back in and smacked Dustin with a cowbell. Uh, we saw Hardy and Christian face off, and then uh, Dustin ends up getting thrown out of the ring. So the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, also Cole Cabana, Anthony Bowens, and Pinta El Zero Mito enter the match, and uh, Pinta got a heck of a reaction from the crowd. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, of the two, you've got Phoenix, who's a little bit crazy, and Penta, who's the fan favorite, which is yes. weird. Yep. Yeah. Phoenix was would have been fun to watch in this match, but of course he's injured right now. So right. then lastly, we had Jungle Boy, Mark Quinn, Aaron Solo, Evil Uno, and Lee Johnson all into the match. Crowd popped big for Jungle Boy. Of course, Ooh, they yeah. love the Tarzan Boy theme, as we all thought they would. Um, so good purchase by Tony Khan there. Um, we were down to six wrestlers in the ring with the Joker still to come out. Christian finally eliminated Powerhouse Hobbs. He'd been working on that for quite a while. Um, the Joker ends up being Leo Rush, New Japan's Ooh. Leo Rush. Did not see that coming. I did not see that coming either. He wasn't even on my radar. No. Nope. Uh, I did read today on Fightful Select that he and Tony Khan have a handshake agreement right now. Oh, so okay. we will probably see him show up a little more, but it's not like he's all elite, at least just yet. Yeah. And I guess we should have known that it was going to be somebody from New Japan because Tony was all about New Japan all week long. He was yes. talking more and more about New Japan, and then WWE's Khan made a comment about New Japan, and Tony Khan responded. So, And there was news on that, too, from Fightful Select. He ran that by New Japan first before he cut that promo, and they thought it was a great idea for a little promo. Mm -hmm. So he went ahead and did that. And like he said, he said, anybody's available to talk with anybody. 
in the wrestling world. He said, we're doing some good stuff with New Japan. We've got some exciting stuff going on, and I think we got some great stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and Leo Rush is one of those great yep. things. Got a, another Facebook question here from Brandon. Do we ever see Cody getting the world title? Paul, I'll let you take a stab at that one real quick before we keep commentating on the Casino Battle Royale. Well, um, he says no. He's never going to challenge for it. But the ultimate heel turn for Cody would be deciding to challenge for the title. Right. That's the only way I see it happening is if he turns full heel, which he keeps saying he's not going to do. Right. So, Um, yeah, he's never had much luck as a heel. And I think that was partially because of the company he was in when he did his heel stunts. But uh, I don't I don't think so. I think. maybe the TNT title again down the road and maybe something else in the future. But I think it'll be a few years before the world title. Well, enters. And I think some of it kind of depends on how much longer he wants to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep hearing five years max. Some people think it's going to be closer to three years. Yeah. So he definitely has uh, developed more of an interest in working backstage than he has in front of the camera. Yeah. So I guess it depends. I guess if I had an answer, absolutely had an answer right now, I would say no. I don't see Cody getting the world title. I, I can agree with that. Um, then we um, really, the last three came down to uh, Matt Hardy, Jungle Boy, and Christian Cage after both. Um, Members of private party were eliminated. Uh, Brandon says he deserves it once. Oh, I agree. I agree. Cody does deserve it. It it would be great to um, have the strap on him, but I just don't see it happening right now. I could be wrong, though. I think if he does, it'll be his final run as an in-ring competitor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Hardy's trying to tell Christian they need to pair up, you know, with their history, try to get Jungle Boy out. But they end up eliminating Matt Hardy. Comes down to just Christian and Jungle Boy. A lot of close calls. Uh, there's a few different spots on the apron where they're out there and it looks like Christian's got to hit the kill, kill switch or go for the kill switch on the apron, which would have been a nasty bump. Mm-hmm. We saw Jungle Boy swing around the um, turnbuckle post one time and save himself inside the ring. And in the end, kind of surprising result, at least in my opinion, Jungle Boy throws Christian out and is the winner and is going to get a shot at um, AEW world title here in two weeks. And the crowd went bananas. Yeah, they absolutely went crazy for this. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I mean, Christian was my pick with everything he's done. But you also kind of said, as we were making our predictions, him losing it would make a lot of sense because he's gimmick is outwork everybody. And now he's got to once again outwork everybody to get that title shot. Yeah, and we see Jungle Boy now getting a title shot, which... You know, we saw him go with the Titan limit back in 2019 against Chris Jericho. We saw him have a heck of a match against Darby about a month or so ago for the TNT title. Now he gets an opportunity at AEW title. Do I think he'll win it? No, but I think he'll put on a heck of a match. Yeah, he'll get it eventually. Yep. Um, but I think to do that, we have to be ready for the Jurassic Express split. Oh, which I don't think the fans I'm are already ready, ready for. But I know that's well, not, they're not going to You and I are. We're, we're ready for heel Luchasaurus, but I don't think the fans are. Right. Yeah, I was surprised Luchasaurus wasn't in this battle royal. Yeah, I know. This was, uh, it was also a nice way to show that, you know, Jungle Boy can do this on his own. Yeah, yeah, it was. And we saw Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt come out to celebrate with him after the match. But I was even wondering if Luchasaurus was banged up and we didn't know it or something. But he right. didn't make an appearance. And it was cool to see Christian come in and tell Jungle Boy, congratulate him, pretty much tell him, go get that world title. 
Yeah, there at first, when he first started talking to him at the end, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, is Christian going to turn heel here? Because, I mean, he was so full of emotion because he was so happy for the kid that you couldn't exactly make out what he was going to say until the moment he grabbed him and brought him in for a hug. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, you're right. (laughs) You're right. We then get the match that had Twitter kind of a buzz. Imagine that. Cody Rhodes match last night. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Anthea Gogo with QT Marshall. Um, man, I'm a big Cody fan, but I gotta say, this wasn't one of my favorite matches last night. No, it was not. This was a slow paced match, uh, very sluggish from both gentlemen. I don't know if this was to help a go go because of the possible rib injury. Um, I'm not sure what was going on, but I've not seen a Cody match that slow in a long time. I thought Gogo looked pretty good for just, I mean, he's only been training for about a year or so. Um, Third match ever. Yeah, he's their first developmental talent in AEW. He's really kind of their only one. Well, not only one, but was definitely their first one. Um, so I thought he looked pretty good. I I just had this weird feeling they were going to pull a swerve and have him win, even with Cody using the American Dream name. I mean, Cody came out with, you should have seen his jacket, everybody. If you didn't, please go. Take a look at that. It was as patriotic as patriotic can be. And um, I actually saw something on Twitter uh, from Trent that made me stop and go, wait a minute. Because shortly after he came out, Trent went, sent out a tweet that said Homelander. Yes. I saw a lot of people comparing it to Homelander. Yes, it is very close. So nice way to incorporate the comics as Cody's a big comic book fan yep. and, and his dad at the same time. Yep. So th- this match had some good spots in it. Um, of course, um, Agogo did land a big punch on Cody that hurt his insides, but they brought up Agogo's rib injury a couple times. We saw both wrestlers checking in with their managers a couple times. Agogo did slightly get busted open above the eye. Um, looked like that was the hard way. Um, we saw Cody hit a cutter. Uh, we saw Gogo hit a frog splash, a really good-looking frog splash. Only got him a two-count. Um, but in the end, Cody wins using a vertebrator. That was kind of surprising by me. I didn't see that one coming. No, I figured um, if Cody won it, it was going to be off of something much bigger than that. I just thought Crossroads or he yeah. would make him tap out somehow with figure four. But uh, vertebrator for the win. Very different. I, and I was surprised he didn't use the elbow at all in this yeah then there was really no i mean no polka dots or anything in his uh his attire last night so no but we did get his uh original theme music back last night there was no question about it this time yeah friday looking back paul i don't know how you and i missed that because it was definitely the snoop dog theme is like wow i don't know how i missed that uh friday night but I think we were too ecstatic. At one, it was late. We were also comparing um, other things and the fact that the crowds were cheering. True. I think that took away from it. True. Post-match, we saw Cody going into the crowd for a little bit to celebrate his win. Yeah. So Definitely enjoyed the post-match. I think even the few fans that were booing him were appreciative when he came out to the fans. In this uh, upcoming Friday night, we're going to see uh, Cody and Lee Johnson against QT and Anthony Gogo. Okay. Tag match. So this storyline's far from over. Far from over. But I feel like it's 
kind of should be over because I I know how excited I was at the beginning of it, and it's kind of fizzled out for me a little bit. But yeah. see where it goes. Next up was TNT Championship Miro versus Lance Archer. I just had the feeling that I didn't think the crowd got all into the Cody Gogo match. And then this, another, another one I felt like the crowd was, it just felt like they were so hot for the first few matches. And then these two matches are kind of where they took a break. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is because, well, they popped when everybody came out, but then we had that side story of, Oh, here's why Jake's not with Archer. And it's like, that really made no sense at all. Yeah, they had the sing from the Fan Fest Saturday. And then, of course, during the match, Jake does come out with a snake in the bag, and Miro takes it and throws the snake clear to the tunnel. It's like, oh, Pete is going to be coming after you, which he did acknowledge that on his Twitter. Um, but also that set up Lance hitting a big choke slam on Miro for a two count. Uh, just a lot of back and forth, big time, you know, big sirloin beef guys hitting each other, which you expected between these two. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the end, uh, Miro gets uh, Archer in the game over, locks it in. Archer tries to fight out of it. Miro's taking knee shots to the spine, drops down with it locked in even more, and Archer goes out and ref calls for the bell. So Miro wins via referee stoppage because Archer technically did not tap out. Which is exactly, this is one of those matches that, went exactly like it needed to go still makes archer look strong because he didn't tap out he didn't get pinned um so some of his bigger matches archer i mean it will be questionable can archer deliver in a big match because every big match he's been in has ended with the ref stopping the match but overall i think it was good for him yeah i do too i mean i don't think anybody really saw archer taking this belt off miro i mean it's two years in a row now double or nothing he's lost the tnt title match I really want to see him get a title eventually, but I don't know if it's going to happen. It will. Give him time. Yeah, but he, he's older than a lot of people think. Yeah, they said his age uh, Friday or last night, sometime here recently, and I was like, wait, he's He's that in his old? 40s. So, yeah. I mean, you know, some of these guys, time's mm-hmm. a ticket, and some of these guys, which we'll talk about later, a few guys made a pen, they're on their last year of their first contract with AEW, so which is interesting. They're having some of these guys take pens over other guys. So, yep. We then got a match that the crowd definitely was into. And boy, mm-hmm. was this a match. It was the AEW women's world championship match. Akira Shida retain or defending it against Brett Baker, Dr. Brett Baker, DMD, I should say with rebel by her side. And she got a big pop from the crowd. Uh, he, I think, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they're in a tough position with her because the crowd's so behind her. It's like, eventually are they got to turn her face, but we saw the face gimmick with her. Didn't work well. She's a fantastic heel. So I think you just let her get cheered as a heel. I think what they're going to end up doing with her. And she made this reference on Friday night was, well, the era before me was three sixteen. So I think they're going to try to keep her this heel, but the fans yeah. love him anyway, like they had with Austin. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And, and and there is a lady in the women's division that if they want her to be the face of a matchup down the road, her against a heel Jade Cargill, that's money. Yes. That's money. Because cause um, I will get into it in a bit. 
Well, I'll <laughs> say my comment for for here in a bit, but uh, she looked really emotional coming out as she should. I mean, it's the first time she's been champion in front of a capacity crowd. She'd been champion for this whole past year. They're in the toughest time the world and pro wrestling's really ever seen during the pandemic. She did a great job being the champion just this entire time. Um, so it wasn't that the crowd doesn't like she does, just they like Britt Baker more. Um, yeah. Back and forth action, um, tons of finishers hit, tons of uh, submission attempts. But um, in the end, Britt does lock in the lock jaw. She applies it and makes she to tap out. Yeah, very, uh, like you said, back and forth match. One of my favorite matches of the night. Um, these two ladies delivered. And I like the fact that, you know, commentary kept bringing up, well, Britt Baker's done this and this. And remember, one of her only other losses is that match with Thunder Rosa, which doesn't count. Right, right, right. So it, it was time to pull the trigger. They definitely did. The uh, Dr. DMD era has officially begun and um yeah she should keep this title for a long time and i'm so glad she got to get the new belt yep it's gonna look great on her yep they already <laughs> got a t-shirt with it on there yep yep shopaw.com and of course she got her hug from tony afterwards that was Which, cool. That was a cool moment. Shivani Lee left the commentary table, went over and gave her hugs. So that, that was cool because they really are close. Yes. Not just on TV, but actually backstage and everything. So, yeah, she um, she keeps going like this. She's going to be the face of the whole company here soon. Yeah, and one thing I got to say, I don't think Tony was supposed to get up and go give her a hug because JR was so shocked when he got up and walked away. He's like, uh, uh, Tony left the commentary table. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I don't think that was planned either, but a very cool moment, fitting moment. Yes. And it's fun to see you talk about Brit because when we started this podcast back in January, you were not a Brit Baker fan or her, her gimmick just wasn't hidden with you, but I think you've kind of changed your, uh, your tune of course there. Yeah. She, uh, she's grown on me. Um, seeing the her evolve has yeah. helped uh yeah. you know when they first turned her heel it was like just go out there and say the meanest things you could ever say to somebody and now she actually can say them convincingly not just like you know it'd be like to me when she started i'd be like tanner that hat looks stupid on you yeah thank you there's <laughs> no reamer rhyme or reason to it but actually it does not by the way just so we're on the same page but <laughs> you know it's just that's how she was at the yeah. start. Now she's truly evolved, and I look forward to seeing her as champ for a while. I will say her and her boyfriend, Adam Cole, the two things they got going for them in common, they're the most cheered heels in the business. Now, if only they were in the same company. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we could clarify on that. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe with the company of black and gold one day. Yeah. Don't want them in yeah. the other one because that could happen no. too. No, no. Brit staying put. Then she's we got the uh, yeah, I think she's a franchise player. Then we got the tag match between Sting and Darby Allen versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Um, of course, we got a little video package of Sting and Darby driving in the desert. Well, Darby was skateboarding, then Sting picks him up, and they're just driving. And Sting finally looks over and says, it's "Showtime." Sting comes out first to a really big pop by the crowd. The one you thought he was going to get Friday night. I'm glad yep. he got it last night. And then Absolutely. Darby comes out to a big pop too. Cool looking sting like face paint for Darby last night. 
and they get right in the action. Uh, Darby runs in, hits a huge suicide dive. Do we expect anything different? No. Um, Scorpio Sky hits a suplex on Sting on the ramp. This was one of my favorite moments of the show, but Sting hops right back up, standing right behind him, and throws him off the off the stage, off the stack of chips. Um, and then Sting just continues to go to work, and the crowd stand, chanting, you still got it, and you know, Darby chant rings out when Darby tags in. And I got to say, Sting for 61, 62, however old he is, Man, he moved good last night. Yeah. Um, I texted you when he jumped off those chips. I was not expecting no. that. I was expecting some big stuff from Sting, but that was even beyond me because, I mean, one wrong move, and that would have been the end of the match. Yeah, and, and you know, I am fine with having Sting in live matches if it's like two or three a year, maybe maybe four tops. Keep it limited. Um, keep them for big events, pay-per-views, maybe the super card shows that they do next year on TNT, but make it mean something, you know, make it draw ratings. Um, don't overuse him too much in the ring. I know he wants to be there all the time, but use them how they've been using them on dynamite. That's fine. But, um, if they, I mean, this just proved to me, if he can work these style of matches safely, he can have matches two or three times a year like this for the next three or four years. Yeah. Uh, definitely treated him better than the last time he was in the ring. That's for sure. I did see one person take a have a take on Twitter. I think Sting was uh, playing up the series of his injury more in WWE so he could get out of the company. I'm like, I don't think that's the case. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he truly got hurt in that match, and uh, you know, just took. I mean, it's been six years. I also saw a funny take that said maybe the Undertaker didn't want the match with Sting because he thought he couldn't keep up with Sting. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I, I Brandon made that comment earlier. Um, you know, nice to see them putting Sting over the younger talent, kind of with the eye rolls emoji and the the hand to the forehead emoji. That's why I picked Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to win. I thought, well, they're going to put these younger guys over and then really give them a push. But I should have went with my um my head there and uh, instead of my gut. And yeah, uh, you my head would have told me that this. Sting's not going to wear his lose his first capacity match in in, in nope. AEW, but but I did I, like the, the 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 one spot I liked is when Sting locked in the Scorpion Deathlock on Ethan Page, and then uh, Scorpio had the heel hook on Darby, and then Darby and Ethan Page are smacking each other in the face. I love that yeah. spot. I thought that was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic. It was nice to see um, something a little different. You know, first you had Darby going to lock in uh, a submission move on Paige, and Scorpio just wasn't having it. And he said, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, and after that, um, finally Scorpio and Sting both end up tagging in, and they're swinging away at each other. Uh, Scorpio throws some low kicks. Sting wasn't bothered by them at all, though. Sting hits a sting, Stinger splash. Um, Sky looked for a slingshot cutter, but Sting holds the ropes to block it and then hit a scorpion death drop for the win. And yeah. as the crowd cheered and Sting and Darby got up on the turnbuckles, and I texted you after the match and said, Yum Bucks uh, versus Sting and Darby, that'd be pretty fun. Yes, yes, it would. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but it'd be fun. Right, right. I mean... It'd be nice to see. I mean, if they do, you know they're going to lose it because it's going to be in the next six months and the Bucks are not dropping the titles that quick. Right. 
Right. I I mean, Sting looked great last night, but keeping up the pace with the Young Bucks match is a little different. Yeah, those guys definitely move quick. Yeah, yeah, they do. So then we got our first of the two main events. It was the AW World title triple threat with Kenny Omega defending it against Pac and Orange Cassidy. Um, Cassidy came out to a big pop from the crowd, as we all thought he would get. Um, man, there was a lot of action in this match. It's hard to keep up with all the notes for this match. I mean, talk about doing this the right way with, I think we all knew that Kenny wasn't going to lose this title, but there was a few moments like, oh my God, Orange is going to do this. He's going to pull off the upset. There was multiple occasions of close two counts after big finishers in this match. Yeah, and uh, no pun intended here with one of Kenny's belts, but this match was full of total nonstop action. It was. It was. And and really, one of the big spots in the match towards the end was when Cassie hit an orange punch on Pac. Cassie dodged Omega, hit an orange punch on Omega. Callus is swearing on commentary and runs mm-hmm. to the ring. Uh, Cassidy then hits orange punch on Pac again, goes for the cover. Looks like he's going to get a three count, but Don, Don pulls the ref out of the ring. Uh, he says uh, Cassidy's staring back at him, and then back so and Don backs away. Uh, Cassidy goes up to the top. Omega's holding Cassidy's pant leg, and the crowd starts an "fu Don" chant. I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely, it was great to hear the fans again. I mean, Don's been around, but there's been no real fans, uh, at least to this capacity. So to hear them verbally attack him was the highlight of the night. And Don Callis, I don't think I shared this on Friday. This also comes from um, Fightful Select. I know I reported last week they speculate he was done with Impact. He is officially done with Impact. He's not in a vice president role or anything with them anymore. So he is full-time doing his TV gig with AEW now. Hey, uh, maybe he'll have some time to get some more creativeness going with this storyline that him and the elite are in. Yep. Yep. Um, so then we saw uh, Orange throw some headbutts. I don't recall the last time I've ever seen Orange Cassie throw a headbutt. headbutt. Uh, but um, he leaped, le- leapt off the rope. Uh, but Pac caught him, hit a suplex into a brutalizer. Then Omega stomps on Pac, but uh, Pac wouldn't let go. Omega uh, decides just to knock the referee out. This is no DQ, anything goes. Smacks Pac with the title. Callus gives him another title. Smacks Pac with that one. Callus gives him the third title, smacks him with that one. Then the final one, the AW title, smacks Pack again. So four title shots to Pack's head. Uh, Mega holds up the title, and then he eats an orange punch. Cassie climbs over him. Aubrey Edwards runs out for the cover. This is where the crowd thought it's going to happen. One, two, no. Then Omega rolls him up with a crucifix pin reversal, and that finishes the match. Yeah, Um I seriously, I told you going into this, I said, Pac's eating the pin. Oh, so I, to I, see thought, Orange, I thought you were right. I, I thought Pac was eating that pin clear up until Orange ate the pin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was quick so, reversal, but man, what a yeah. roller coaster of emotions for the crowd. Ooh. After the match, we saw the elite, the Young Bucks, uh, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows all come out in Callis, of course, and celebrate with Omega as they walk to the back. Yeah, it was... Uh, Good way to end the the uh, match. So I think Orange still stays around as uh, one of the top contenders for the title. Yeah. Uh, even if, you know, they do the ratings the way they have before, if you're number one contender and you lose, you go back to the bottom. 
I think he'll get back up there pretty quick. I mean, we're going to see Jungle Boy against Kenny in two weeks on Dynamite. But I think we can both agree Jungle Boy's not going to win the title. No, not yet. Um, Other contenders up there. I mean, do they pull the trigger and do Hangman versus Kenny at All Out? Or do they wait and try to do that at like full gear? Or do they wait until 2022? Ooh, I I don't know. Um, Because... When it happens, I want to see Hangman walk out with the victory, mm-hmm. walk out with the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't need it, but it'll look great on him. It'll be interesting to see if they start planting seeds, revisiting that story a little bit to come full circle. Yeah. Because if not, I just don't know. I don't know who challenges Kenny. Christian's not up there. I mean, he just lost the yeah, Casino yeah. Battle Royale. Cody, like we talked about earlier, he's got the clause of not going for the title. You could... I don't know how you get there. You could have a, a Chris Jericho against Kenny Omega three. Omega Alpha three, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could happen. I don't know. I don't uh, know. Long shot. If we're going with Jericho, Sammy could always get his way up there too. Yeah, the I crowd think, really um, taking a liking to Sammy, but uh, I, think I think he'll he make needs a- to get in the TNT mix first. Yep, he'll make a pit stop at the TNT title, and then after that, it'll be on to the World Heavyweight. It'll be interesting to watch. That's just one thing. AW's got a lot of guys who could contend for it, but they don't have that like no-brainer matchup really off the top. Right. Closest thing's probably Hangman against Kenny. But before we uh, got to the um, main event, which was the Stadium Stampede, we had an announcement, which I didn't know this was coming, from Tony Schiavone. And it was that they acquired a new talent to be a commentator for Rampage as well as a coach. It's none other than WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure where this was going at first. Uh, I mean, there are a list of guys who have talked about an interest in AEW, Mm -hmm. but not being in ring. So, I mean, you had a handful of people to choose from. Mark Henry was not one I ever thought of. No, I mean, he talks highly of AEW on Busted Open. I mean, Busted Open's got a good relationship with AEW, but it's going to be interesting to hear him talk about this tomorrow on Busted Open Radio because he said he's going to talk about it on Tuesday. And uh, because he's been on record, too, he wants one more match in the ring, and he's been training. And Paul White, talking about getting back in the ring. Hmm, wonder if there's something there. I think we'll finally get those two one-on-one. But it's interesting, too. It's He go back to the WWE Raw Legends Night in, in January. It's like everybody that they embarrassed that night is signing with AEW now. Yep. And even when uh, Mark Henry talked about his retirement in his pink jacket, he said, I would love to have one more match. And so we all thought we were going to get one more match as a WWE fan, and it never came. Ever. Well, no, no, that, that that retirement segment in the pink, that was a swerve and got him into a feud with Cena for the title. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. So that's so long ago, it's hard to keep the facts straight. But so I, I see people complain about, oh, another WWE guy. Well, he's not going to really be used that much in ring. It's more of the coach and, the, and an analyst, and I'm fine with that. And, and, and here, to all those people saying that, what other freaking company are they supposed to get him from? WWE has been the only company around for the last 20 years on mainstream television in America. Where else are they going to grab guys from? It's a stupid thing to bring up all the time. It's getting, it's just, it's run its course. It's run its course. 
It has. So. Um, and, you know, I mean, look at it. These guys are coming here from WWE. There's a reason they're coming here. It's yep. not because, you know, oh, well, I, I, my contract expired and I wanted to try this new young company. They're coming because of the fact that Tony Khan treats everybody like family. Right. They're not expected to work seven days a week, all but two weeks a year type situation. It gives right. them the chance to do what they want to do by being in the ring or in the company, but yet still be at home pursuing other things. Right. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about this yesterday because I or tomorrow because I definitely didn't see this coming. So I did not either. We then got into the main event, the stadium stampede two between the inner circle and the pinnacle. We see the uh, MJF standing outside a limo as we thought the whole the whole group of the pinnacles arriving via limo, but we also see the inner circle rappelling down the scoreboard. MJF looks at his opponents uh, coming down to the field and charging the limo. He gets into the limo. Uh, the inner circle demand the group comes out of the limo and and uh, everybody starts battling after they the pinnacle arrives via a vehicle and not a limo and we, we see all the kind of the storyline factions going against each other Sammy Spears Hager Wardlow MJF Jericho then um, Pride and Powerful and FTR they're all kind of go on and do their own things we're seeing them battling all over the uh, field and the arena or uh, not arena, but the stadium, the I guess the stadium, <laughs> the offices, everything we see Jacksonville Jaguar coach urban Meyer and former Texas Longhorn coach, Charlie Shaw strong, making an appearance. Um, that would, that popped me. I guess that really popped the crowd too. They said we saw cameos of Conan in the nightclub with uh, proud and powerful and FTR. Um, a lot of interesting, cool-looking spots. Um, Fightful Select said a majority of this match was filmed on Thursday with some finishing spots on Friday. And then, of course, we had the live portion at the end of the match, which was live in front of the live crowd. Um, what are your thoughts on this ending the show, Paul, with with what you know now, how everything was filmed and then live at the end? I'm torn. Um I think it needed to either open or close the show uh, with the ending of the match. I think it was perfect close for it, but I feel bad for the fans full capacity. First time it's been full capacity in over a year and they have to sit through 20 minutes of a match and watch it on a screen. Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I really enjoyed some of the spots like, um, the Urban Meyer spot, like I said, which they said Urban loved helping out with that spot and, and, and thought it was pretty fun. Um, I liked the, you know, Spears being in that room full of chairs, being the chairman. He uh, handcuffing Sammy, then Sammy seeing the bolt cutters when they cut away. I thought that was neat. Uh, Hager and Warlow in the freezer room. FDR proud and powerful and in, in the in the nightclub. So I, I like the creativity creativity of everybody kind of in their own little scenes and their own little rooms and in different parts of the stadium. But um and even the megaphone and cookie sheets with uh, uh Jericho and MJF, the, the megaphone was pretty funny. Um but it, it flowed a lot better than I thought. Um, I just right there with you as far as the live crowd. I kind of felt bad they had to watch a majority of this on the screen, like we all were from the comforts of our living rooms. But um, I also popped when uh, FTR and Proud and Powerful had a drink together. 
Yeah. Right before that we was, saw Conan, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, I texted you right away as soon as I saw Conan, and I was like, hey, LAX is back together. <laughs> we, we did see uh, uh, MGF get busted open. Um, yeah, he went through a window, which Tony Schiavone was openly rooting for the inner circle, wanting him, cut him, cut him. It's like, geez, Tony, calm down. Yeah. Um, but the crowd popped for that, of course. Um, that was after MGF. Um, had a claw hammer to Jericho's bad arm. Um, then we saw Spears running from the Inner Circle Motor Club. Uh, they chased him up there, and then uh, Jericho brought MGF towards Daly's place. Um, Jericho ended up destroying M- MGF as he makes his way to the ring, ends up powerbombing them through a table. Spears makes his way to Daly's place. Sammy chases him on the golf cart um, in that he actually ran into Spears. Uh, Sammy then climbed up on the roof and was hyping up the crowd. Sammy and Spears are fighting in the ring. Sammy hits uh, Spears with a springboard and then eats, or no, Sammy goes for a springboard and eats a chair to the chest and the face. He recovers and hits a GTH on Spears. Then there's a chair wedge into the corner and Sammy stomps Spears through it, just like how this whole feud started when the enters or the um, Pinnacle made their debut. And then Sammy hit a six nine a six thirty. Um, crushing Spears for the one, two, three. Then post match, we saw the inner circle meeting in the ring and celebrating with the fans as the fans were seeing Judas. Pyro goes off and they did their signature middle finger. Um, just a really cool way to end the show. Yeah. And uh, Jericho definitely got way too into the fans singing. Um, it was like he was just trying to sit there and be, you know, badass Jericho and he couldn't take it anymore. Nope. So, and he was so, I mean, it looked because when he did the um, talk as Jericho segment, he said, you know, we weren't sure if the fans were going to do it. And then they broke out into the second chorus and it just was great. So it's like, you know, he didn't want them to stop. He's just, you know, waving them on, keep coming, keep it coming. And when they ended it, he was, I mean, he was glowing with excitement. Yeah. And, you know, I saw a lot of people angry that the inner circle won this match because they thought this was the perfect time for them to break up. They're like, what is next? And I will say, it crossed my mind last night when they put Sam and Guevara up on their shoulders. I thought we might get a uh, a back heel turn from the inner circle beating Sammy up, but that didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't happen. Um, but it is interesting. I don't know what's next for the inner circle. And I don't think this fuse over between them and the pinnacle, but where do they go from here? Each team's already got one big win, but how can you top blood and guts and stadium stampede? Well, uh, I have seen a very interesting take on this because people have been saying that this feud has been completely backwards the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, a Survivor Series style match. Yeah, could I be. Mean, but if they do it, I really hope they add some extreme elements into it instead of just a typical five on five. You get pinned, you're out. Last team with the most people standing wins. How about this? Because I've seen a lot of people want this scenario for a one-on-one MGF Jericho match. How about a Survivor Series type match? Inner Circle loses. Jericho has to retire. Pinnacle loses. I don't know what the stipulation is there. Uh, MGF can't go for the world title or something. Uh, MGF can't go for the dynamite diamond that he's so obsessed with. I've seen a lot of people (laughs) say MGF versus Jericho with the... Stipulation if Jericho loses, he retires should be the way to end this. Because Jericho's contract yeah. is coming up at the end of the year. 
Um, so is Scorpio Skies, which I mentioned. That's kind of why I think Sky ate the pin over Ethan Page in the match against Sting and Darby. Yeah. Um, I could see it. I could see a retirement match. I mean, Jericho himself has said, I don't know how many more matches I have left in me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll still be back with the company, but he might want to do more oh, backstage. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I could. I know he's 50 and all, but I don't see him retiring. I mean, maybe really limiting his ring appearances per year going forward, but I don't know. I don't know where they go with this next. I think if uh, they do the retirement segment, he'll become more of a manager coach type thing. He'll still come out with Sammy and the inner circle unless the inner circle breaks up, Um, but he won't be in ring anymore. Yeah. But we got an exciting dynamite coming up Friday night. We got the Lucha Bros against, which that means Phoenix is back against the Young yep. Bucks. That's always dynamite when these two teams get in the ring together. We have a cowbell match or a bull rope match, cowbell mm-hmm. match, bull rope match between Nick Comarado and Dustin Rhodes. We got a tag team match between Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson against QT Marshall and Anthea Gogo. Um, we also have a celebration, Britt Baker celebration going on. And I think I might be leaving one more thing out, but I don't remember what it was. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to remember <laughs> that dynamite's gonna be at 10 o'clock on TNT Friday night. So we'll be back late Friday night once again to recap dynamite. Um, so you get a double dose of us again this week. But before we end this podcast, Paul, I want to know your overall rating on a scale of one to ten for this pay per view, and who was your wrestler of the night last night? Well, before I give my rating, uh, I saw something uh this morning. So. There's rumors of the stars that were released. You know, they can compete again in yeah. July. Peyton Royce was live in Daly's place last yes, night. Yes, he was. So that's interesting. I'm interested to see if she's one of them that comes over, um, if she comes solo or is a tag. Well, she was there to watch Sean Spears, of course, who's right. her husband. Um, but she did her and um, the other one slip in my mind. Um, the other iconic slip yeah. in my mind they were on busted uh, open last week and Billy they Gay. said they are a package deal yeah whether they end up in the impact aw wherever they are a package deal so yeah we'll see so i think they happens. need to be they need to be a package deal at this point yes yeah. um overall, billy k billy k's her name there we go <laughs> overall i give it a eight and a half um it was good they were just you know the fans not really into those two matches, which I think the build was too quick for those matches. And I feel bad for the fans for having to sit for 20 minutes for stadium stampede. They could have done that at home. I was going to go eight and a half as well. I'll go eight then. Um, still a really good pay-per-view. My favorite pay-per-view AEW's done dating back to revolution pre-pandemic in 2020. That's still my favorite pay-per-view they've done today, but crowd was hot. It was just fantastic to see the crowd back and, pumped up like this at an event and makes me it makes me intrigued what they're gonna do at Daly's place for the next month because I think the crowds will be hot when they get back on the road starting in Miami on July 7th but I don't know about these remaining daily place shows if they're going to be or not I can't think they're gonna be as hot as they were even last Friday night um no. I could be wrong but um yeah a few just a few downs down oh, like you said the Cody and Gogo match and then the Miro Archer match seemed kind of dead a little bit but you're gonna have that when you have like a darn near five hour pay-per-view yeah. um which I did see some people complain about that but when they have four year 
you get what you get you just take it and enjoy it so but hey uh, at least it's not a four-hour pay-per-view once a month right 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 just saying so, okay um wrestler of the night for you i gotta go the man who helped me win the belt that's currently on my shoulder sammy guevara sammy yeah all right uh he hit a lot of interesting spots he really showed off his speed uh how quick he was on his feet at thinking and everything else i mean i know it was all most of it was taped but really i mean you get thrown you jump onto a forklifts flip off of it jump back onto it spin through it i couldn't do it <laughs> no i mean he showed he was over with the crowd when he got up on top of that um golf cart i mean they're yeah. all they're pro sammy sammy jungle boy hangman page um Britt baker they were all hot commodities last night with the crowd yep absolutely so, well i was um thinking jungle boy but i'm gonna go with sting oh okay i just did not expect that performance out of him last night so not who was i who i was anticipating from you but i'll take it yep yep so so, so paul why don't you uh put a bow on this podcast and we'll see everybody friday night uh, or actually early saturday morning eastern time yeah for tanner lee i'm paul zartman join us again uh friday saturday morning as we kick out yet another podcast